What's up, everybody? This is Pastor Cole Burks here at Hope Unlimited Church. I have a message for you today, and I pray that it would send you uh, in peace, it would send you in joy, and that you would be just overcome with the presence of God, and I pray that this would uplift you in every way. Um, send this to somebody that you may think that needs it after you give it a listen, and I will see you at the end of this message. One of the things that I wanted to say is, is I was gone last week, and so I hope Pastor Tom brought the heat. I heard that it was good. I heard that what he had to say was powerful, and so I hope you took notes. I hope you were here, and I hope you leaned into what he had to say, because I think, um, I'll tell you something that I believe about church in general. The first thing is, I don't think that you should always be hearing from me. Um, if I can't give away authority and I can't give away uh, my voice to other people within our church and in our congregation, um, yeah, I shouldn't be doing this. So I want you to hear from and I want you to continuously hear from people on our lead team. I want to start this morning in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. 1 Chronicles chapter 4. We're going Old Testament this morning. We still read that around here. 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Let's see here. There we go. 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And I'm going to read one verse, verse 10, and then I kind of want to get into what today is going to be all about. It's vision month. I'm glad that you're here. You're going to listen and you're going to hear a lot about where we're going as a church, what we're doing. Um, and then also, I just like to keep this in front of you as much as I can. If you notice, uh, in the spring, I did a core value series. I like to keep who we are in front of you literally as much as possible. I think we always need reminded. But I want to read one verse this morning, and then we're going to jump right into it. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10 says this. It says, Now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, that you would keep me from harm, and that it may not cause me pain. And God answered what he requested. Now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. You would enlarge my border, and that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from harm, that it may not pain me. And God grant him, granted him what he asked. Father, I thank you this morning for who you are, what you're doing. I'm thankful for your word to us as a church. God, I pray that we would steward what you've asked us to do with humility, with integrity, and that we would be rooted and grounded in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Anyways, so I want to jump into what Vision Month is, what this is all about. We're calling this Making Room, and I want to tell you about an encounter with the Lord that I had that led me to this title and led me to even do this series right now. So I was, how many of you have ever ate at Drake's before? It's fantastic. They have a fantastic um, buffalo chicken wrap and buffalo chicken everything. It's fantastic. 
So shout out to Drake's. Give me a sponsorship. Um, yes, great sushi as well. It's kind of crazy that you can get... You, you, it's kind of crazy that you can get some of the best sushi and a buffalo chicken sandwich in the same place. But anyways, I'm going to get into... I want to get into what I actually want to talk about this morning and not buffalo chicken sandwiches. So um, so I want to get right into what I want to talk about this morning. So I was sitting actually at Drake's and someone was late to lunch with me and um, just unacceptable, late to lunch with me. And I was sitting there and I heard the Lord to speak this phrase to me. I was actually just kind of in like this kind of solemn place of prayer outside about Hope Unlimited. I had some things that were on my heart. I had some things that I needed the Lord to really take care of. And I just heard the Lord say this. Heard the Lord drop this in my spirit. It's time to expand. It's time to expand. And there's a lot of unpacking that I have to do with that to really get you to know what that means. But um, I believe that we're supposed to be making room for more people to encounter Jesus in a real way and to find the life that they were made for inside of community. That's what I, that's what I believe. I believe that, that we're supposed to have some systems and structures and ways of doing things in place that are going to make this as accessible for people as possible. One of my major complaints with the church, that especially the spirit-filled church, is, is you just throw it together and people show up and come. That's dumb. It's dumb. Here's why. That is a system and a way of doing things. It's just not a good one. Partly because people don't get discipled. That's one of the reasons, but I could go on with that for days. But in your sermon notes this morning, um, you have a little fill in the blanks. I hope, hope you like those. Um, in those this morning, I'm going to go through these, and I want you to fill those out. And the purpose of me doing this is, number one is, like I want you to engage with the Word, not only on Sunday, but throughout the week. I want you to engage with what's happening at Hope Unlimited. So you can take these. Put them in your Bible, put them in your purse, put them on your mirror, do whatever you want to with them. Um, but before, before I give you this first thing, I believe, so we just signed a lease on this building for five years and the kids building for five years. And I believe specifically that the Lord is doing something in building a foundation here for years and years and years and years and years to come over the next five years. Um, and it's the start of something that I believe is going to be really great and beautiful. And I know that I know that I know that I know it's time for us to expand in several ways. So um, the first thing, before I ask you to do anything, when transition happens, when, I don't know, things happen in church and People leave, they come and go. A lot of times you need to be reminded of why you're here. It's the first note. You need to be reminded of why. We need to be reminded of why this is what it is. 
So over the past week or so, I have been on Google and I've been at some conferences and I hear terminology surrounding my generation specifically that it's quite frustrating, quite frustrating because people have all of these things to say about my generation, but they don't want to invest into the lives of my generation, right? And I don't feel just called to get up and rebuke you. I feel called to help you. I feel called to help you navigate life. That's, why, that's what I feel called to do as a pastor. So you can have all these lists of complaints about our generation, Gen Z, millennials, whatever, even though my opinion is we are the smartest and best generation to ever live. For sure, smartest. For sure. More technological advancement than any time ever in history. Elon Musk has got more money than everybody in Knoxville combined. Anyways, I have very strong opinions about my generation. Some people hate Gen Z, they hate millennials, and they like to hate on us. But if you are going to be a part of the church, either pastor us or shut up. Help us or keep your mouth shut. That's kind of how I feel about that. Either show us the way or stop saying stuff. If you just want to complain what my generation is being accused of, all you do is complain, you're entitled and all this. Well, your generation doesn't do anything for mine. And who do you think we learned all that from? We just watched you. So I think we need to be reminded why God has called us here. It's not to complain. It's not to look at the world and say, oh, they have all of these things wrong with them. Well, that's super easy to look at. No, duh. All of these things are wrong. My question is, what are you doing about it? And do you even have a desire to do anything about it? Or is it just about you and your Jesus and your walk with God? Because if that's it, you're practicing Judaism. You're not practicing following Jesus. Coming out of the gate, back strong this morning. <laughs> On purpose. Listen, this is what I have arrived to. Your deepest frustrations are the places that you're called to. The things that frustrate you the most are the things that God's calling you to change. The things that break your heart the most, those are the things that God is calling you to. Right, so I did a little research and a little listening this week, and here are the words that I hear surrounding our generation. Isolated. And I believe that the answer to a generation that is supposedly isolated is encountering community. We're isolated. We need an encounter with God, and we need to live in community with each other. It's so strange to me 
that people say that they love God, they love coming to church, but you don't love God's people. The two cannot be separated. They can't be separated. And not only God's people, but people in general. People who don't even believe in God. You can't separate the two. Because the moment that you separate the two is the moment that Jesus departs and goes and walks and stands with the other people and looks at you and calls you a Pharisee. Because that's what you are. Pharisees critique heavily, but have no investment. And my mission and my whole goal and my whole plan and my whole life is given to seeing a generation that is isolated, have an encounter with Jesus, and find a home inside of community. You know what the answer to loneliness is? It's family. It's where you can be real about your stuff. Psalm 68, 60 says that God sets the lonely in families. He puts the lonely in families. And we've built churches and movements and denominations. If you saw something I posted this week, I said red flags of revival. It's on Facebook. We've built entire churches, movements, generate, and, and whole things around people with a gift on a stage. And then we stand and have the audacity to say, your generation is lonely and they're isolated and all that. Well, get off of the stage. Nobody cares if your church service is three hours. It's not a sign of revival. This means your church service was three hours. Because all the people in there are still mean. And if you have a church service, if you have a series of events that happen over time. You know what we used to say in I used to be a part of a huge revival culture. You know what we used to say? Revival's not a series of services over three days. But we have a series of services over three days and call it revival. And really, when you get down to it, nobody's life is being transformed. They are, they are put in a bubble around emotional highs. And you go from high to high to high to high to high. And it keeps you stimulated enough to not sin. But if you never see the beauty of Jesus, it doesn't matter if you're sinless. Because that is not holiness to begin with. We have said that what our generation needs is a good dose of holiness. But we don't define holiness. What we mean is, is we mean this generation needs to follow these set of moral codes that we've put in place. And that's all they are. They are moral codes. They are not the holiness of God. Do you mean to tell you what's even worse is when these moral codes work? That's worse. When they, when they actually get you seemingly free from something, it's worse if it works. Because you have done it through your own strength and power. You didn't get delivered from anything. You just willpowered your way through it. You become the definition of a Pharisee. 
Holiness is seeing God in his beauty and seeing God in his goodness and you being compelled to serve him and worship out of that. It's not a forceful, you need to just worship God. And you need to yell louder and cry harder and do all this stuff that doesn't work. So at Hope Unlimited, we're going to become a family that's not just built around Sunday, and it's not just built around services, and it's not just built around dramatic moments. And yes, you can have dramatic moments in the presence of God, but that's not what this is going to be built on. Ever. Because it does not produce lasting fruit in your life. It was never meant to. The design of the New Testament is not that you just encounter God and everything else works itself out. That's why our mission here is to give people the life that they were made for encountering God and living in community. And once you get ingrained in the communal life here, then you will find who your people are and they become family. And you won't feel as lonely as you have been described. Our generation is described as selfish. And one, one strange one is in poverty. We're impoverished in all of these ways. Do you know what I believe that the answer to selfishness and poverty is? It's generosity and servant leadership. It's generosity. If you want to become less selfish, be generous. The Bible actually says this in Malachi chapter 4. It says, bring your tithes and offerings to the storehouse. After it says that, it says this, God will rebuke the devourer. And what that word picture there is, the devourer, means pest. Literally, it means pest. When you give, you rebuke pest. Now, these are not, these are not animals that are coming into your bank account gnawing up your cash. Right? They're the things that you want and covet that rich and famous people have while other people go without food. Those are the pests that God rebukes when you are generous because he doesn't allow you to be selfish. I have never met a selfish, generous person. It doesn't exist. And so when you're generous, right, that breaks the yoke of selfishness off of you, that rebukes selfishness off of you. Listen, servant leadership, when you serve others and you think of others before yourself, that rebukes the selfishness that you have on the inside of you. I've never had an issue serving because my eyes have never been on myself. Never been about me. This is not about me. It's not about my needs and wants. 
According to Jesus, it's about me meeting the needs and wants of my neighbor. And when doing that, I meet his. And so the answer to a generation who's selfish and in poverty is to be generous. I believe that if Christians gave, like the New Testament says to give, I believe that we could wipe poverty off the face of the planet. But you know that only 1.7% of Christians give to the local church because they have some weird doctrine about tithing? That's fine. If you want to have a weird doctrine about tithing, fine, wonderful, whatever. The New Testament says that you should give everything and lay it at the apostles' feet and allow him to see what to do with it. So you have one or two models. You can give 10% or you can give it all to me. Whatever you want to do. (laughs) I'm not an apostle. Never want to be one. You know what the only thing worse than bishops, elders, and deacons is? It's apostles. (laughs) It's the only thing worse. I believe in apostles. I just believe there's only a couple of good ones. (laughs) I'm just being real. And if you call yourself one, you're for sure not one. So now that you need to know why we do what we do, you need to know what, we, what we're going to do. And you need to know what we're about at Hope Unlimited. Listen, I want you to fill in this. At Hope Unlimited, we do not do a lot of things. But we do a few things intentionally. We do not do a lot of things on purpose. On purpose. Do you know why? God hasn't told us to do a lot of things. One of my favorite conversations that I've had with uh, a board member here at our church is I was actually talking with him, and he's um, in his 60s, and he, I was asking him, I said, how did you build your church? And he said, we did everything that God told us to do, and we did it very intentionally, and we did it very well. We worked like he told us to do it. And so, we do a few things around here. We do Sundays. We come to church on Sundays. We intentionally come to church on Sundays. We make it a priority. It's not just like, I have never since being a Christian woke up and thought, am I going to church today? If I am able in my body, I will be in this house And I was that way before I was ever the pastor here. I have always been that way. Because this is what I realized really early in my walk with God. You decide what matters to you. You decide what matters to you. This is a big deal to me. This means something to me. It's more than just having to get up early on a Sunday morning and come to church and see all the No, the, this is a big deal to me. This is a big deal to my family. This is a big deal to my kids. It's a big deal that I get to come and see you. And I get to not only come and see you, most of all, I get to worship with you, Jesus. I get to be in the same room with you. I get to see you once a week or so. That's a big deal. And let me, tell you, let me show you how you can tell what matters to people. Where are they? 
You know what? I've just start, I, I have stopped begging people to come to church. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to beg you to come to church. When it matters to you, you'll come. Or when a crisis hits. It's reality. You can do everything else, but you can't come to church on Sunday. There ain't nothing going on at 10 o'clock on Sunday. Church. We live in the South. Church is going on. Brunch places don't even open until 1030. That's not true. <laughs> Partly. What opens? Uh, what's that place over here that I love? So to, First watch. That place is open from 7 to 2.30 every day of the week. I know the hours. I know the owners. <laughs> One time, Pastor Casey was like, let's go hit first watch. And uh, he introduced me to, there is a juice that they have there that's called um, morning meditation. Okay, it's like beet juice, orange juice, something in it. And I was like, this is probably going to be disgusting. One of the best things that I've ever drank in my life. And after I drank that, I went there every day for a week. And I said, I need a morning meditation. <laughs> Got one every day for a week. Five bucks. Only for a week. Only for a week. <laughs> Only for a week. Some of y'all walking through Starbucks, $11 a day. Don't come at me. <laughs> I'll be coming at me. We do Sundays. Because we believe, listen, I have, I could get on a doctrine of the church and we could be here all day, but there, give me to tell you one of the reasons that I do Sundays and I believe that you should be in church on Sunday is because I show up here expecting something from God and I also show up here and a lot of times God meets it through you. I show up here expecting something from God, and God does something through you, and He shows me Himself. And sometimes God doesn't do anything through you. Sometimes in worship over here, I get lost in worship, and He just does something in me. That is important. I don't know how to place enough emphasis on that. It's important. That you have a corporate worship environment to go to and people that when you have a need, they can meet that need. You know, the church is supposed to care for each other, right? It's not supposed to be welfare. It's not supposed to be all of those things. It's supposed to be the job of the church. And my, I've told you this a thousand times. The dream of my heart is to be able to give away more than we operate on here. I want to give away more money than we operate on. Because I am so tired of people having needs financially and the church looking at them and saying, well, why do they have a need? It doesn't matter. It's not the point. It's not the point. You think Jesus said, well, why are they hungry? Why do they need fish and loaves? Why do they need that? Because they're hungry. Well, how'd they get in this situation? He didn't ask that. 
Now, we're going to teach you how to manage money. I walked in here the other night. Anna has an investment class going out here with some lady from Edward Jones. I was like, I didn't even know that we did that at this church. <laughs> I'm the pastor here. I thought they were just meeting at the house. We had a something happened to our plumbing. And I thought she was meeting up here because the house didn't smell great. It's fixed now for all the men who are coming to men's night tonight. But I just thought she was meeting up here because the house didn't smell that great. No, there's a teaching going on about investing. And I'm like, I need to be in this meeting. But we do Sundays. The next thing that we do, as I'm talking about that, we do community groups. We do that. That is something that we will do forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Unless God says somehow that community is no longer important. Which if you read the New Testament, that ain't what it says. <laughs> we do community groups. And we do them intentionally. We have specific groups every semester on purpose. On purpose. They are not just like anybody just leads what they want to, even though that we do have a free market system of community groups, meaning you can lead what you want to, but we encourage people to lead certain groups to make sure that we have the things that we want happening being cultivated in our church, okay? We do community groups. If you are not in a community group, you are missing out on a vital part of church life at Hope Unlimited, a vital part of church life. Find one, get in one, right? And listen, this is, this is the fun part about community groups. If you can't find one to get in, start one. You don't have to be some super sand preacher. You don't have to be somebody that can get up here and shout and lead people like that. You just need a place for people to come and meet together. That's all you need. Dude, if you need content, I will send you content. YouTube. Literally, just YouTube it. Ask God, and then YouTube what He tells you. I'm serious. Or, if you don't want to be in a community group, this probably is going to get uncomfortable here at church for you over time. Because it, you're going to hear about it every single week. And it's going to annoy you. And I hope it does. <laughs> because I don't believe in just giving you what you want. I believe in giving you what's good for you. I believe in telling you how there will be fruit that comes from your life if you do these things. I've seen it in my own life, and I've seen it in the life of others. Right? The next thing that we do, wait before you put it up. Wait before you put it up. This is brand new, okay? This is brand new, and this is going to be incredible, okay? The next thing that we do is Wednesdays at the well. You can put it up. Go ahead. So right now on Wednesday nights, we have a prayer meeting from 6.30 to 7.30. That, um, we felt that we still are going to have corporate prayer. I was telling our team this morning, as long as I'm the pastor at this church, we will be having corporate prayer here. But we believe that our people need to do really three things better, right? We need to connect. 
We need to grow deeper in our knowledge of the word. And this is just because we love you. On Wednesdays, you need a place to come to be refreshed. You need a place to come to be refreshed. That's going to be part of what our corporate prayer is about. It's about making sure that you are refreshed. It's about making sure that you are stirred. It's about making sure that you're hungry for the things of God and that you want to go and you want to do things that God tells you to do. You want to serve on teams. You don't get burnt out. You don't fall into this trap of this Christian culture that we've built in America that says you have to do all of these things. We want you to just simply be refreshed. Do you mean to tell you how committed we are to this? Listen. We literally, literally, we will not have anybody serving other than our lead team on those nights. You will not be asked to serve on Wednesday nights. You just won't. It's not, it's not for another service. It's for you. It's for you. We're doing this for you. I have literally, I have a year's worth of material planned to share on and preach. We have things that we're going to do that are going to be fun. Some nights we may just come up here and we may eat. We're going to have team nights on that night. You need to make it a point to get to church on Wednesday. Telling you, you need to make it a point to get to church on Wednesday. Not only you're going to be able to do all sorts of things, you're going to be able to engage with God while you're here. You're going to be able to connect with other people while you're here. Most of all, you're going to be able to be refreshed. That's what this is for. It's for you to be refreshed. I'm going to teach on things that are going to challenge you. They're going to challenge some of the ways that you think you need that. You need it. Everybody does. I read things all the time. I'm just like, I don't believe that. And then I pick it back up and I'm like, wait a minute. I might believe that. (laughs) We do Wednesday at the well. The next thing that we do and that we're going to do very intentionally is we're going to pour into the next generation of this church. We're going to be sure that the next generation of this church is cared for. Do you want me to tell you how serious we are about that? We just hired a full-time staff member. Literally, we are putting our money where our mouth is. Could that money be going towards something else? Yes, but I believe that it's important to care for the next generation in a very intentional way. So I literally pulled the trigger. I called Jamie on a Friday. I was like, listen, this is how much we have left over. This is how much margin we're at in the budget. And I'm just being real honest with you. We have margin in our budget. And I was like, I feel comfortable doing this. And I feel like we're supposed to do this to pour into the next generation of our church. And by next generation, I don't mean just kids. Brandon has some stuff in the works for college age folk. And also, when we get some youth in the church, we'll have something for them too. (laughs) We ain't got none. (laughs) It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, I had somebody ask me, I was at, the ramp conference this weekend was like, y'all got any students here? I was like, we don't even got any students there. <laughs> I was like, much, we ain't got none here. <laughs> but 
the last thing that we're going to do and we're going to be very intentional about is our hope team. So many of you serve week in, week out. You do things that are asked of you. You go above and beyond the call of duty. And we're going to be intentional about pouring into you on a regular basis. Another thing with this is that's partnered with this is our Culture and Connect class. We are doing some things to revamp that class. Not really revamp that class. That's not what we do. We are making some adjustments to really feel like, to really do and execute what we feel like God's asking us to do. And so we want you to be a part of our hope team here. We want you to serve on a team here. But listen, we want to be sure that you are serving in the right place. We want you to be sure that you, I want to be sure that you are serving in the right place, not just any place. Here's why. You have something on the inside of you. You are gifted to do something. God has placed gifts on the inside of every person in here. And we want to help you find those. And we want to help you unlock those on the inside of you. And we want to give you a space to use those. We don't just want to have a bunch of gifted people sitting around. Why do you think that I, I literally, I don't preach. I, I preach three out of four Sundays every month. There isn't a month on the schedule on the in, in, since I've been the pastor here where there hasn't been someone else communicated from this stage at least once a month. Why? Because there are gifted people here who have something on the inside of them, and it's my job to be sure that they are walking in that. God doesn't just have, we don't just get the presence of God, we also get to participate in the purposes of God. And God uses gifted people like you sitting in this room to do that. And that's just the people we call our hope team. And we want you to be a part of that. We want you to serve in whatever area you feel called to serve in, whatever area you're gifted to serve in. This is how I say it all the time. I want you to go with your grace. You are graced to do something. You are graced to be a bigger part of something than just yourself. That leads me to my last point. How in the world are we going to do this? This only works with you. This only works with you. This will not work if we build this around my ability to preach. It will not build this. It will not work if we build this around Emily's ability to lead worship. Most definitely won't work if we build it around my ability to preach. <laughs> because honestly, like I'm done with the meaningless language that comes from our stage anyway and I'm done with the meaningless language that comes out of the church anyway that doesn't help anybody it's just meaningless it doesn't even mean anything you're just trying to sound cool you're trying to be attractive to your audience awesome fine whatever I'm so done with this thing that we practice called church and everyone's lives staying the same I'm so tired of it it's so annoying. <laughs> That's why I feel called to be a local church and do all of these things. You need to know this. You are a part of something that's bigger than yourself. 
It's bigger than yourself. I am a part of something that's bigger than myself. I am a part of Hope Unlimited. I am just as much as a part of this church as you are. I happen to hold a position in this church that gives me authority to make decisions, and some of you don't hold a position with authority to make decisions. That doesn't mean I ain't looking to give it away. Leaders who can't give authority away aren't leaders. They aren't. We have literally systems and structures in place for you to get where you want to be in a position of leadership in this church. There is no ceiling. There is no ceiling. If you want to grow as a leader, you can grow as high as you want to grow here. There's no resource that I have that's off limits to you. There's no conversation I'm not willing to have. There's no room, really, that anyone in this church is not welcome in. I don't, I don't operate that way. It's not who I am. It's not what I'm called to do. I hate exclusivity. I hate it. And the church is plagued with it. It's plagued with it. You have people who really need to feel important, who create places they can go to feel important. (laughs) And what you need to know is, is it doesn't happen with just one person. What they need to know specifically is, is they are not that important. Because this happens because of all of us. It doesn't happen because of me. It doesn't happen just because of you. It happens because of all of us. It's because we are all part of something that are that is bigger than ourselves. Jake, you can come on up. That's what you are a part of at Hope Unlimited. That is what we are doing at Hope Unlimited. I didn't really give you any practical ways how to do this yet, yet. Because you, if you're following along in your notes, you still have some blanks left open. <laughs> and I just wanted to see who would be offended if I just left those blanks open. Jamie would be deeply offended. Everybody would be deeply offended. OCD people in the house, offended. So I'm not going to leave those open. This only works with you. We only expand with you. We only do everything God asks us to do if you're a part of it. And you see this as being a part of something that's bigger than you. So as far as the expanding part, what does that look like? People. That's what it looks like. Listen, I'm not trying to get bigger Understand this. Please understand this. I'm not trying to get bigger. I'm trying to do all of these things that I just told you about better. More effectively. And growth can be a result of that if it is. Everything on this paper, I'm not trying to get bigger. If I wanted to get bigger, we would already be bigger. I promise you. I know the plays to run to get bigger. I know them. I know all of them. I can run all of them. I can run all of them perfect. And people would be going uncared for. 
people would feel forgotten about. And this would be about serving my mission. And it's not about that. But I know how to grow a church. It's not hard. Not hard at all. But I don't want to grow a church. I want to do what God asks us to do. And if growth and expansion is included in that, then I'm all for it. I say this all the time. We say this in the office. I probably said it 50 times. I have probably said it 50 times specifically to Brandon and maybe Jamie. I don't know. But I've said this in the office. I do not have a desire to grow faster than we are able to care for people. I don't have a desire to do that. Listen, it is possible to grow a church. It's possible. I am trying to do everything that God asks us to do. And here's how we're going to do this. It's only if you play a part in this. I'm going to teach you how to engage your current world. Teach you how to engage your current world. The people that you work with. I'm going to empower you, and we at Hope Unlimited, we're going to empower you to love your world. Love the people in your world. And last, I want to equip you to change your world. I want to equip you to change your world. I want to empower you with the love of Jesus to love the people that nobody is supposed to be loving on, to touch the people that nobody is supposed to touch. And I want you and I want to equip you to change those situations with his love. This is who we are. There's one thing that I left blank on there. I'm aware. There's one thing that I left blank. And I did it out of order for some of you OCD people in the room, Enneagram type ones. This is not just about getting people in a church. It's not the local church's job just to get you in a church. It's the local church's job to teach you how to be the church. And that's what we are going to do to expand. I'm going to teach you how to be the church. I'm going to teach you how to be everything that God's asked you to be as an individual and as a collective community. Can you stand to your feet with me this morning? I want you to know this before we go. This isn't going to be built around me and my vision and my mission. This is going to be built around Jesus. And we're going to be guided by his voice. And we're going to do everything he asks us to do. And I am asking you, I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to play the role that you're supposed to play. Because God doesn't just send you here to sit. I actually almost named this sermon series something a little bit more provocative. (laughs) You want to hear the title? 
I knew you would. I almost named this, We Need Your Seed. Because God hasn't just called you to be somewhere to sit. He hasn't just called you to be somewhere just to love on Jesus the way that you need to love on Jesus. He's called you to love the other people within that community as well. And there's a number of ways that you can do that. A number of ways that you can do that. And so this morning, I want you to stretch your hands to Jesus all over the room. Jesus, we say yes to being everything that you need us to be. We say yes to expansion. If you say expand, we say yes to all of it. There's nobody like you, Jesus. And there's nobody that we would rather be with than you, Jesus. Lord, we honor you in this house today. And we just say yes to everything that you've asked us to. Say yes to partnering with you. We say yes to changing our world. We say yes to not only your presence, but we say yes to your purpose. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your word, for your vision, for what you want the church to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, I hope that this encouraged you. I hope it uplifts you. And I pray that um, you go ahead and send it over to somebody that you think needs it right now. Um, if you would like to give to Hope Unlimited Church in any way, uh, you can go on our website, you can give there, or you can text any amount to 84321. We love you, and I hope to see you in person here at Hope Unlimited soon.